Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. Bleacher Blums is happening. We are happy to be with you. Bleacher Blums is Tuttle and Blum. Tuttle, what's going on? This season, uh, at the beginning of it, when we knew the White Sox were in in the, the hunt for a new manager, we anticipated you know a younger, youthful, more analytic uh, type manager going to a ball club who had great young talent and was prepared to go out there and win the American League Central was the White Sox, and they hired uh, they hired a guy from Jurassic Park. They went out and got Tony Larusa, and he has become his manager. And it's been an interesting season, to say the least, because the team has actually been playing well, even though they're kind of missing uh, two key pieces with Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. Uh, Abreu hasn't really kind of come into his own, his MVP numbers yet, but they're still winning ball games. They're destroying the, the American League Central with a high run differential. But they had an interesting situation happen last week where they were in Minnesota playing against the Minnesota Twins. Now, I need you to keep in mind, the Minnesota Twins were anticipated to go out there and win the Central again this year and play very well, but they have stunk. They have played terrible baseball, and they have put themselves in a situation in this particular game where they were losing big, didn't want to use any more relievers, brought in uh, Ostadio, one of their position players. He gets to a 3-0 count on your mean Mercedes, who is the best hitter on the White Sox, and your mean Mercedes proceeds to take a 45-mile-an-hour pitch that looked like an, just a slow-pitch softball. It looked and like you were it. playing on Tuesday night in the beer league. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, ex- that's exactly – well, and no offense to Asadio, but the, the physique resembles that also. Yeah, but uh, he, he lobbed it in there, and it got hit 450 feet or something like that, and all hell broke loose with the unwritten rules. Uh so-called experts around the league were weighing in. Tony La Russa opened his mouth and said some stuff. Uh, just first, I want to get your gut reaction when on your feelings on that, Tuttle. What were your gut feeling with the White Sox with a big lead and a hitter swinging 3-0 and hitting a so, home run? I love when you ask me these questions because I feel like I'm still in touch with exactly what, you know, I mean, this is where we usually get along. I mean, so... I think, you know, these unwritten rules and we end up speaking about these unwritten (laughs) rules that we all knew very well in the clubhouse that don't get publicized. And, you know, you you keep the cohesive unit with your team. Anyway, we'll get into that. Um, That's the bigger point. Yeah. Yes. Right. And that's the bigger point to this. But, dude, 3-0 and the position players in there and the game's out of hand. You're not swinging. I mean, and and that, that comes from, yes, I know your numbers matter. And I know, I mean. If he throws that 3-1, he's going to throw you the same 45-mile-an-hour pitch 3-1 that he did 3-0. I just think, and I know people outside of baseball disagree with that. If it wasn't a position player, um, I would actually have a slightly different take on it. But the fact that it's a position player, isn't it always with a position player? Like the game, you know this, (laughs) in the minor leagues especially, but in the big leagues when a position player comes in to close out the game, I mean, that's the white flag. The white flag is waved. Exactly. I mean, that, and so you're not, I mean, like they're not going to come back and try and score 15 runs in the next inning. And they're not going to like, they're waving the white flag. They want to get on the bus or get out of the, get back into the clubhouse and hit the peanut butter and jelly spread. So <laughs> you should not be swinging there. Now that's one part of the unwritten rules. What Tony La Russa did after 
is a whole nother set of like, I don't know, uh, unwritten rules and, and, uh, I kind of mismanagement things. I, you and I relish oh. the chance to, to bury Pinella <laughs> or LaRusso when we get the chance, but, but as they always say, like, you know, he's giving us plenty of, uh, ammunition, I guess. But, uh, what, what were your yeah. thoughts? I mean, am, am I way off? Like I said, you're a little closer to it than no. I am. You're watching baseball every night. Position player comes in, white flag is waved. Do you swing 3-0? Do you swing in that situation? I, I personally wouldn't swing because I'm in the mentality that I'm going to see the same pitch 3-1. and one. But at the same time, I can also say I, I wasn't bothered by it, to be honest with you. I was just kind of like, to your point, I think the Minnesota Twins put themselves in this situation by sucking. Yeah. you know, yeah. And they did wave the white flag by putting the position player in there. Uh, your mean Mercedes, you know, luckily scores it up. If he hits a ground ball, everybody's like, yeah, he deserved it. Exactly right. If he pops out, I was just thinking the same thing. Then they get out of the inning and you know, it's fine anyway. Like he was probably just saying, Hey, like, let's get out of here as quick as we can. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they, they put in the position player and I think when you put in the position player, you kind of take some of the rules away and you're kind of go, okay, now it's just a free for all. It it can turn into a melee. You don't know what's going to happen. And But it's interesting because I was reading an article and Tony LaRusso said that they put on the take sign, he swung through the take sign, and that might be where I have the issue is if you're ignoring a sign that is given to you to do something like that, then internally you're going to have some issues. But to be honest, my initial reaction was kind of laughing at it because, the I mean, that ball came floating in there and then you got destroyed. But but the way Tony LaRusso handled it kind of frustrated the heck out of me because I didn't like the way he handled it internally. Well, frustrated the heck out of you is a really nice way to say, like, that's the part that made this an issue altogether, which is very often yes, how it goes. Exactly. Like, you know, we saw it. It was the EFIS pitch. He hit a home run. And it's like, haha, everybody's laughing. Uh, he made it public for one, like, hey, the mm-hmm. clubhouse, right? I always say this. The, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas started in a, in a in an athletic locker room. Like what happens in our yes. clubhouse stays. So if he swung through a take sign, which nowadays we have video of everything. Like, let's, let's go to the, what do they call it in the NFL, the 22s? Like, let's look at the 11 yeah. v. 11. Let's look at where, let's get the game film and see if Larusa gave the take sign to the third base coach. And, like, we'll be able to see whether he gave him the take sign or not. And if he didn't, then he's lying. If he did, yeah. then that should be, again, that's kangaroo court or worse. That's a fine that stays within the clubhouse. And you don't need to talk about it anymore. And the twins will know that you took care of it. They would know. So he made it public. And, you know, if this clubhouse that we thought was going to be fractured anyway, with an old school manager and a bunch of young bucks in there, like trying to, you know, get find their way, this, you know, this could create some tension and some fracturing of that, especially if they think he doesn't have their back. So I I, I want to hear your thoughts, but I can go on and on about that. No, I think, excuse me, I think you nailed it with saying, you know, if it was a, if it was a busted take sign, when you show up in the press conference afterwards, you say, "My hitter missed a sign. We have the take sign out. We will handle it internally. We apologize." Bingo. Boom, yeah. you're yeah. done. But for yeah. him to go out there and say disrespecting the game, disrespecting that, we are going to internally, we're going to take care of the situation. This shall never happen again, and exploded out of this out of the realm of reality, and then all of a sudden put it back on the other team where the twins are throwing at your means Mercedes the next day and saying, I applaud them for it. I think they should have, you know, that is where you kind of exacerbate the situation. And I did not like that at all. All he had to do was diffuse that and say, look, young player, he made a mistake. 
uh, we will we will handle the mistake internally and move on from this and just let it go by the wayside. But no, it turns into a bigger situation because Tony Larusa has to be the man, dude. This guy has to be the end all, be all, final word of everything that's going on and above the game uh, as far as you know, it, holding up the integrity of it. Where I think these players are doing a pretty good job of showing how great this game is. But uh, uh, how about the fact that? Lance Lynn and other people around the league, mostly players, have tweeted out and said, hey, it happened with the position player out there. I've got no problem with that. If it had happened, like you said earlier, Tuttle, if it had happened with a normal reliever or another pitcher on the mound, then you start to take umbrage because that, that's a, you're, you're picking on a professional who's out there trying to get through this game. And I actually remember a specific, specific situation when Yuli Gurriel, a Cuban-born player, came over to the States and he, you know, he came over at 31, 32 years old, a little long in the tooth, should understand the game a little bit. There was a blowout in Baltimore and he was facing a reliever and in a 3-0 count swung and, and fortunately fouled it off. The opposing dugout of the Baltimore Orioles immediately erupted and started screaming. And to his credit, A.J. Hinch came out of the dugout in front and kind of put his hands up like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's all, and he started point, putting his hands yeah. on his chest and pointing at himself, saying, "That's on me. Yeah. Don't yell at Yuli. Yuli yeah. doesn't understand the situation. Maybe that's not how they did it in Cuba because they're going out there and getting their numbers. But that's on me. And that's exactly what AJ did. Is said, "It's on me. I will have the conversation and I'll explain why you know we don't do that and how we can handle it differently moving forward." So I think that that's where it changed was when the position player was out there. That. You know, I agree. And I mean, we can talk about numbers and money and, you know, at the end of the year, 41 home runs. Hey, you got to get, get you yours, man. Baseball is hard. 40. Yeah, it's hard. And, you know, but, you know, your mean is Cuban as well, I'm assuming. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, again, they play the baseball uh, game a little bit differently there. We used to joke about Vladimir Guerrero as a superstar, right? Like you do not walk your way off any island. Um, you know, these guys oh. swing and notoriously... Uh, Dominican uh, born mean, Venice. Hold on a sec. Your mean Mercedes is from the Dominican Republic. Okay, there you go. La I just meant because culturally you meant Yuli, you know, you were saying Cuban, but the game yeah. is played differently all over the world. And, you know, there was that un, that kind of that joke about, you know, you don't walk your way off the island uh, of the Dominican Republic or anywhere else. I mean, we know Venezuelan players, Puerto Rican born players, Domin I mean, they were notoriously dead red fastball hitters and they always Swing. had a big zone. And that was just like, so yesterday there was a cultural roundtable on MLB Network uh, Radio as well. I was listening to, and it actually had Hawaiian-born players like Colton Wong and uh, Kurt Suzuki, and um, oh, it good. was in, it was really interesting. Not because of, I mean, we were talking about they were talking about a lot of diversity in baseball, the things that we've talked about on this podcast. There needs to be cultural, more, yeah. yeah, different cultural things, and they were talking about off the field, on the field. But when you bring this up, it just raises that huge um, issue of. Like these guys all come from different places. Yuli came here when he was 30 or 31. He was a fantastic baseball player in Cuba, but the way mm -hmm. they played baseball there is significantly different than here. And as you said, AJ Hinch handled it correctly, but that takes time to develop. Like, you know, oh, what is the yeah. culture of our team? What is what are the rules? What are the unwritten rules? And I think, you know, you can say with your mean, Dominican or not, like, you know, a position player changes that, but he may be in a contract year. He may be trying to win the batting title or home run title. Like, look, he doesn't have Rookie to apologize year, for anything. Yeah. And you know what? 
No. AJ Hinch might have pulled him aside and said the same thing. Like, hey, in our clubhouse, the way we run our organization, I mean, this happens in companies all the time. We don't want that reputation. So next time you're in a scenario like that, we're going to do this. But as you already just said, Tony LaRusso could have said, look, what he did is not accepted by the White Sox organization. I'm going to handle it internally and we're done. Instead, he threw him under the bus. He went public with it. I mean, it's still going to be an issue. It's still something we talk about. And honestly, um, it doesn't surprise me with uh, with Tony's reputation. So there you go. Yeah. No, yeah, the reputation's already in place, like you said. And then we hear the position players, and actually Lance Lynn, hit one of his guys in his rotation, came out and said, hey, you know what? It's a It, it wasn't the best-looking situation, but with a position player out there, it kind of changed things a little bit. And I don't think it should be as bad as everybody's making it out to be. And the, the Chicago media is, is pretty special. They do a great job of manipulating some of these things. But they went back to Tony LaRusso and said, hey, one of your own pitchers said that they're no, they have no problem with what your mean Mercedes did because it was a position player. And I don't know if you heard this, but Tony LaRusso's retort, and this is you know just in reading it, it's not verbatim, but the gist of it was, he can say what he wants. He's got a locker and I've got an office. Hmm. And I mean, are we just compounding the separation between manager and player inside that place? It's unbelievable to me. Yeah. I just, I'm reading that quote. Yeah. LaRusso La responded by saying, Lance has a locker. I have an office. And they said, I guess it's a good thing. He has a lot of talent to work with because he sure doesn't seem to respect these players and how much easier their level of talent is making his job. He should also better recognize the player <laughs> nice. he's been discussing publicly. So that I is like from it. CBS Sports. Uh, I want to give credit. So that's from Matt Snyder uh, of CBS Sports. And it basically the title, well, six problems with how Tony LaRusso handled the Yermin Mercedes situation. But right under it says the White Sox manager just can't stay out of his own way. And you know what? There's mm-hmm. a picture of LaRusso. And I haven't said this before because you and I are getting a little long in the tooth ourselves. But man, He's looking old too. <laughs> hey, baseball will make you age, man. It's like living in dog years. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, I mean, we could we could bash. I could personally bash Tony Russo all day long. <laughs> so, um, I sort of have. Uh, we talked about a couple of things that we were going to talk about for the no hitters in this, but a sort of what will Tuttle say if we're ever going to do segments. Um, Mark Ramos asked me about. Uh, and this can be the last thing of the day if we want. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Mark call. Ramos asked me what it felt like when the manager jumped out of the top step and came wandering out to the mound to come get this, you. This is a great and, question. I'm kind of curious to hear the answer. Yeah. Well, I almost feel like a mailbag. It was like a great mailbag. He tweeted it out and I went, man, I, I haven't thought about that in a long time. And boy, I had plenty of experience with a manager coming out to take me out. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's like, all right. So I, I and I know this is easy, like, when you, when you listen to any uh, pundit or any sports talk person or any player for that matter, it the answer is always it depends, right? Even Jocko says mm-hmm. that, right? The dichotomy of things, right? There's this and that, the yin and the yang. So it really does depend. If you're a starter and you've made it through six solid innings and you've given up one or two runs and you're out there and you're working your butt off and you get into a jam and the manager decides to come get you, I think... Your heart says, hey, you know, similar to we talked about those days where you have like, hey, I feel like I have it today and I'm moving on. I could probably get a double play ball. I mean, that's why you have 12 guys that you work out with in the bullpen and, you know, pitching staff. And by the, if you're into the sixth or seventh inning as a starter, 
it's really hard to be, you know, unless it's a playoff game or unless there's uh, extenuating circumstances, it's hard to be disappointed when the skipper looks at you and says, Hey, you know, you did, you did what you're supposed to do. Like, get out of here. And you're like, all right, like, Hey, you know, he recognized how hard I was working. He sees something that I probably don't see. Now, when you're in the third inning and it's one, nothing, and you just walk two guys and you're like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm one, one ground ball, one, you know, yeah. one little, one good pitch away from getting out of this inning. And, you know, it took me four days or five days of rest to get to my, my, my start day. Uh, I'm ready to roll. And the manager's like on the top step pacing or the bullpen's up in full force. You know, you notice that stuff. You're like trying to block it out, but you're like, come on, you know, give me a chance here. And, you know, some managers know they trust you, or if you're, you know, new to that staff or you're the third starter or fourth starter, and this is a crucial game and they come get you, you're not happy about it. But I think, you know, as I've shown on this podcast, I'm always pretty practical. Like, you know, I, I tried not to be emotional, emotional, um, uh, when I was out there because it never served me that well. Like, you know, you want to get fired up at a hitter and you want to do some things, but, um, you can relate to that mentality. So that, that I didn't like. Um, now this is, this is the crux of my answer here is when I went to Puerto Rico to play winter ball, they ran that just like a major league team. I mean, you had your role in the bullpen, um, depending on game situation. And I've told you this before, but Tom Gamboa was my manager. Tom Gambo mm-hmm. is well known throughout baseball, but he was down there every winter managing a team. I think he was a third base coach of the Cubs. He's, you know, that he's, you know, him, yeah. right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows Gambo. Um, I got a funny story about him that I can tell you off air too, but Gamboa was like, <laughs> he, he, he ran that stuff just like a major league. I mean, it would be like, you know, fifth inning starters in trouble. All right. I'm going to bring my long guy in guy gets into the seventh inning. All right. <laughs> You know, Tuttle come in, you know, you're going to come in and get the righty. You come in and, you know, strike out, get a ground ball. And then, you know, here comes Gamboa again. He's taking you out. You just, you came in, got a ground ball. Mm-hmm. He takes you out. As a pitcher, you're satisfied, right? You kind of know your role. Now, you when he role, brings yeah. you, yeah, when he brings you in in that situation out of the bullpen and you walk a guy and he comes out, you're like, <clears throat> but so- it's really hard to be mad, but it's hard to be mad at the manager because you kind of knew that, you know, but this is before yeah. the three batter minimum. You knew that he had a lefty warming up right behind you or concurrently. And this is your one hitter. And so that was my first taste of that. And that was a good, I like that. That was very, mm-hmm. your, your parameters and the definition of your job were very specific. You know, you're going to be my righty stinker guy and you're going to come in in a ground ball situation, or you're going to come in, you know, maybe in a mop up situation or for ahead three or four runs, you're going to come in and, you know, get an inning for me. Those were the roles and those are the rules that were defined. If you did anything to, you know, stray from that, then, you know, you're probably going to be out of the game. And I know that's how it is in the big leagues as well, where, you know, you get guys you trust, you know, who has the stuff and then this is their role. So uh, long answer to say it really depended on whether I was coming out of the bullpen or I was a starter. Um, And then, you know, it, 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 uh, each each time they came out, I guess it varied. So I'm saying this in a practical standpoint. That doesn't mean I was always happy that they came out or I was always disappointed. <laughs> um, I did have a game in uh, Durham before they changed to the old sta- the new stadium. So just the one you see in the movie with the bull in right center field. And this is um, awesome. That was a complete game. No, I threw a complete game there and I lost two to one. Um, Kevin oh Grijak, I think, got a little time with uh, the Braves. Kevin Grijak was two for four in the game. He had two strikeouts and two home runs, two solo home runs, and I lost two to one. 
And I remember oh, looking no. at the stats the next day. The manager never took me out. I got into the ninth inning, bottom of nine. I must have had a good pitch count. It was one to one. And now Grijack's up in the bottom of the ninth with one out. And uh, he's one for three with two punch outs. So you're like, hey, you know, I like my odds. He got me once. Boom, right off the bull, two to one, they win the game. Damn but it. my favorite, my, you know, that doesn't really talk about, you know, whether the manager should come and get you or not, right? I would have been pissed mm-hmm. if he took me out, but I was really pissed that I lost the game. So there I am in this situation where I'm like, maybe the manager should have taken me out. I don't know. But my favorite thing, <laughs> my favorite learning moment in that game is the next day I looked at the stats. I got a complete game for that. And I thought, well, that was interesting. I never thought of that. Did you know that? Eight and a, no, I didn't. Eight and a third. Yeah, yeah, eight and a third, and you got a complete game out of it. Yeah, got a complete game. Yeah, I just That's never thought of that as a pitcher. Yeah, see, look, I you're can teach a sil- you something. You're a silver lining guy. You're, you know, I mean, you're like the guy that's <laughs> well, like, hey, dude, I, I lost, that was I twenty years ago. <laughs> that was twenty years ago. Now I didn't break my hand like the Braves pitcher, but I tore my hat. I remember oh, tearing man. my hat. I stole oh, my man. hat. You know, so I was frustrated. But so silver yeah. lining or not, I'm I'm pushing that all. That was twenty years ago. So anyway, That's beautiful. yeah. So I, I don't know uh, if there's a hitter equivalent to that, but uh, I thought it was a great question. I can get into it more some other time if there are mm-hmm. more specific questions. But yeah, I really, I am a silver lining kind of practical guy. You kind of knew like when you had done your job and when you had done your job well and what the expectation was. You know, it was hard to yeah. you know be frustrated, be taken out. Um, but uh, but you know, is there a hitter equivalent, or are there times when you thought you should have pinched um, it or should have stayed in the game? Or for, well. I appreciate you throwing it back at me because you could have taken full accountability for that segment and, and answered the question like you did. I think you did a fantastic job. And uh, you know, that's something a lot of people at home don't know about is what's going on on that mound. You know, it's situationally, it's personally, it's uh, you know, things like that that are going on. The only thing I can compare it to is, is being a pinch hitter or getting pinch hit for in a key situation when you're struggling or like, man, this could be the at bat that turns it around for me kind of thing. Uh, I wish he would have let me hit, but it's also a little bit of an ego situation sometimes when you're like, man, why is he pinch hitting for me? And you start to get pissed about it. So you want to have that mentality, but at the same time, you got to understand the situation like Tuttle is talking about. It may be a matchup. It may be, uh, you know, it may be a situation that I'm not suited for that you're getting pinch hit for, but you also have to under, ultimately you have to understand the situation in the game and where you're at personally, because Playing 162 games, a lot of things are in play in every 162 games. But uh, yeah, well, 20 uh, years perspective helps a little bit too, right? I mean, this has been a while since I've been on the mound, and and we see it in the playoffs, like you know the Verlanders and the Shillings, like those guys when the manager comes out to get them and it's one nothing or they're in a jam, like Kershaw, like those guys are pissed because they feel like the guy that's coming in behind them doesn't have the you know the Mm -hmm. same mentality and. And a lot of guys also similar, they trust their teammates, but they got themselves into a mess. They want to get themselves out. And there are very few players on the planet that can actually throw that card out there. But those guys like Nolan Ryan, you know, he would just send the manager back to the dugout. Right. And that, you know, that was never my place. I couldn't do that. You couldn't do that. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, so I was like, all right, I'll be a team guy. But like I said, 15, 20 years away from the game, you know, being out there, the perspective changes as well. But you know, so there are different scenarios, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, it's something we can get into further in terms of the mentality yeah. and the thought process that goes, goes on. 
No, that's great perspective, man. I uh, really appreciate it. And that's kind of what makes Bleacher Blums what it is, is because we do have that pitcher mentality. We have that hitter mentality. And you kind of put both of those things together and hopefully come up with a, a reasonable scenario to try and think about. So I appreciate the questions. We appreciate the mailbag. I actually want to implore everybody to get to bleacherblums.com because Just Geek did a great job of setting up that site and allowing us to have a mailbag. So get in that mailbag, fire some questions at us because we may be altering our format a little bit and trying to be a little more, have more specific shows dedicated to what fans bring to this show because we we have accrued a reasonable following and we want to continue to do that. So make sure you get out there, subscribe, rate, review, uh, email us and get us your questions so that we can answer those. Um, that being said, Tuttle, why don't you uh, take this thing home and shut us shut us down for the day? Yeah, you know, Blummer, it just made me. I, you know, me, I'm just the sarcastic. It just you said, you know, a pitcher's mentality and a hitter's mentality. Like we can all come together to bash Tony Larusa. Is always thinking it's like it doesn't matter what kind of mentality you have. It's like, hey, we got a pitcher and a hitter here, but we can all get together and uh, yep. get against uh, get get to uh, get uh, on the same side of uh, bashing Tony Larusa. Noah. Blummer, always good to be with you. Um, I like that you mentioned the change in format, possibly. We want to probably do um, a few more podcasts, maybe a, a little shorter version, and then have some, maybe some interviews and some uh, some mailbag questions where we just take a couple of questions um, or, you know, like a topical issue like Tony LaRusso. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, just think about that, our loyal fans and listeners, uh, how you want to interact with us, and we're here for you. Uh, Blummer. That's all I got today. We want to thank our listeners, and we certainly want to give a shout out to the military, first responders, uh, healthcare workers, everybody that uh, is uh, is you know allowing us to do what we do, and it's uh, greatly appreciated. So let's take some time to think about uh, those that are putting their lives on the line and uh, making this podcast possible for us. So that's all I got, Plumber. Yep, that, that'll do it for this episode of Bleacher Blums. We appreciate you being here for the rest of the week. We want you to get after it, and most of all, believe it.